0: Uh, first off, appreciate you coming on the show, man. You know, perfect jump shot. Better basketball, ladies Duke and gentlemen. We we'll definitely appreciate you coming on the show, rocking
1: with us. Of course. You know, it's, you guys have had this show for a long time and <laughs> finally got an invite. <laughs> from a former teammate, what took so long? I
0: mean, to, to be
2: honest, we tried to link up a couple times. It just did, you know, you a busy man, man. Stop I tell you, you know, Stephen, A. called you, uh, what do you call you, Top Gun? I call you, I was calling you Tom Cruise way before that. It's true, you circa did. Circa 2010, <laughs> yeah, did. I came in the door like Tom Cruise, baby. I,
1: I, I moved around a lot of things today to get this done. I just hey. want to let you know. So look, that's, that's my man right there. Y'all hear that
2: America. Up. J.J. Well, we'll, ready we'll rock with the knucklehead. You.
0: When you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? My first oh shit moment <laughs> in the
1: NBA was actually Carlos Delfino.
0: Delfino. Delfino used to get, get do it. I he was a bucket on the didn't low. I didn't play a lot,
1: really all my rookie year or my second year. So we're deep, not man. deep in the season, but it's, it's, you know, 10, 15 games in the season, whatever it is. And we're in foul trouble. So I go in at Detroit. I was about at say Detroit? Was at Detroit the right? In Detroit. the second quarter. And I'm guarding Rip initially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fucking Rasheed's over there talking shit. C-Web's talking shit. And they're taking the ball out underneath. And Rip, they throw a little lob pass over the top. It was America's play, right? Screen the right. screener, he's going to pop out to the corner. He didn't even get to that action. He just caught it over me, scored. So they switched me off of Rip right after that. So I'm guarding Delfino and C. Webb had the ball in the post. And I'm thinking I'm slick doing the three second, you know, I'm tapping. You in I'm and tapping. out. You in and out. Delfino's on the weak side corner. And I tap and I go look and I'm like, oh shit. He gone. Caught the ball, jammed One on my hand. head. Ooh. Yeah. Jammed on the other side on my head. And that was like my first, oh shit, like this is, this is different.
0: And it happened just like that they quit. Hey man, like so,
1: that, but you know, the thing with Delfino too is like, you know, you don't understand this till you get to the NBA. Any motherfucker can bust your ass. Anybody can bust your they ass. They don't understand. And, this, and uh, these high school college don't kids don't get it. Yeah. They don't get it. <laughs> and, and any so given night, it's I just I knew Rip could bust my ass.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. It was like, yeah, I could do a little three second tap yeah. over here on Delfino and then you fa- hey, listen. That's my, hey, shout out Carlos Delfino, man. We ain't had a mention like that. That's like me. My first person was Vashawn Leonard, unassuming, right? Quick 17 in six minutes. I was sitting down like, what the just
0: happened? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's quick. It happened that quick.
2: (laughs) Yo, 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 we live on location. This time we had to come out to NYC to get my former teammate. Legend. AKA Duke Legend. Jersey and the Rafters, you feel? We got better basketball in the <laughs> building. JJ Reddick, everybody, my main man. We appreciate you for pulling it's up Jay on us, yeah. Of course, bro. Out here in New York City's, live on location. Tap in.
0: Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke, Virginia. Tell us about Roanoke, Virginia.
1: It's a nice place. It's a nice place. So uh, my my parents were like hippies in the that 70s. Man. So dad nice. grew, grew his own grass and he made Shout pottery. out to Pops. Yeah. yeah. And my mom was an artist. So we kind of like always lived out in the sticks. And my mom homeschooled me and my older sisters. They they homeschooled through ninth grade. I homeschooled through fifth grade. Um, but then I started playing sports. Yeah. And so we were like up on top of this mountain or whatever in Roanoke, uh in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh I was I was getting antsy. I needed yeah. some competition, so I started playing some sports. And then as soon as I started playing sports, my mom realized like I had to go to public school. And that's I mean, you guys know this. Yeah, like, that's where my closest friends down. in the world. Those were my closest <laughs> friends in the world. They were still guys that I played sports with when I was like eight, nine really? years old. Man, that's you know? what happened. Um, when you go outside. It was a good place to, to grow up. Shout out Roanoke. <laughs> yeah. Shout I, went out. To the same, I actually went to the same high school, not at the same time, obviously, but the same high school as Tiki and Rondé Barber. Oh, I was like the okay. other sort of famous alum from, okay. from Cape Spring.
2: Yeah. Respect. Shout so out TK when and Rondé. When was it
0: that, that basketball became a, a thing and, and I'm falling in love with shooting a rock? I think
1: basketball. I, I so I played
0: baseball. And I was about to say, played baseball. Played baseball. First. And, I, and
1: I played, I played basketball. Those were my two loves. But for baseball, I was a pitcher. And so that's what I was about We had a play. little shed in the backyard, and at the bottom of the shed, there was this uh, concrete base. So I drew a little square mm-hmm. on it, and then our the hill sort of naturally inclined. So it was almost like pitching off a mound. Yeah. So I go out there and I throw baseballs against the concrete shed for an hour. Then I go shoot hoops for an hour. It was just like sports for me were something. I liked autonomy. I liked doing things independently. So sports for me were like that. It was that initially. Yeah, but then also what's weird is I started because it was something I could do by myself. But what made me fall in love with the game was being on a team. On a team. And and I'm sure you guys know this. When you retire, there's a lot of things you miss, right? Like there's nothing like playing in front of twenty thousand people. There's nothing like winning a game on the road in a a heated environment, getting overtime, hit the fucking game winner, whatever it may be. There's nothing like it. But there's also nothing like being on a team, Mm -hmm. and that's sort of what I missed the most, and it's also what I appreciated the most—not just you know as an NBA player, but my whole life. Like that was that was it for me was being on a team.
0: team. What grade was it when you start figuring out like, hey, I'm one of the, the best guys around here? Like not only I'm one of the best guys around here, I feel like I can compete with the guys yeah. that's around the state.
1: I'll say it was it was eighth and ninth grade. So eighth grade, two things happened that were really important. Number one, I started seventh grade as, as a, like a five, six kid. Mm-hmm. And then uh, first day of eighth grade, I'm six, two, six, three. The second thing that happened was between the summer, between seventh and eighth grade, and then the first five months of eighth grade, I broke my wrist three times in six months. And so when I had, I broke this one twice, wow. right one twice, all getting undercut. I was athletic back in the day, oh, man. Oh, t- time out.
0: No, listen, Hell no, listen, time listen. out. You were <laughs> dunking in the eighth, ninth grade or trying to I dunk? Was,
1: I was slapping the backboard. You are doing hard really layups. Hard. Really, really hard, backboard I slaps. I
0: no layups getting undercut. You know, <laughs> no, you put...
1: I, so, so one of them happened, like, at the AU Nationals. One of them happened in a JV game. One of them happened... Like playing pickup with seventh graders, like it was just it was bad luck. But anyways, when when my left wrist was broken, I I learned how to shoot one handed, so I stopped using my thumb as a guide hand. So when I played JV that year, I was like a good shooter. I go to I go to AAU nationals. I averaged like 35, and we win the consolation round. Or Colorado whatever. Springs. This no, this was in Orlando. Oh, this was in Orlando. Yeah, so I I win the, We win the consolation round, and my mom comes up to me afterwards, and she's like. Uh, she's like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. I'm like, what are you talking about? What am I going to do? She's like, you're going to play at Duke. And I was like, huh. And I look back sort of at that year from literally breaking my wrist for the first time to now like I'm an eighth grader and I just dominated a national tournament. Like yeah. I can play. Second thing, this actually involves Darius Miles. Second thing
2: what is
1: you know? my ninth grade year, I have a good year in varsity. I get asked to go play on Boo Williams. Oh, Boo Williams was the big And player. so we, we do all these tournaments in Boo July Williams, and I'm playing – as a rising sophomore with the 17s, yeah, the rising seniors and whatnot. Oh, so, oh you, so you playing up? Yeah. Ooh. And so we played, we played Darius Illinois and Warriors. the Illinois Warriors in the national semifinals, and I gave them buckets. Oh. Uh, y'all came back and won. We did? But I had 26 that game. Oh. And it was kind of like the moment when I was like, oh, I – I was like, right. I'm one of the best high school players in my class. Like I I am gonna play high D one ball. I didn't know about NBA, but gr- I knew that,
0: that tournament had the girls and the boys. There. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like we stayed in that big old hotel. Well, I don't know where y'all, old, stayed. I, y'all stayed. I, I stayed at probably a holiday Inn Express. It was like a holiday Inn, but all the schools were we didn't staying. have the funds that Larry Butler had. <laughs> uh, we didn't have funds. This
2: was the y'all he had, had Nike. out of nowhere. I had Nike. Yeah, we did have Nike. We left
0: y'all in good hands.
2: But we did set y'all up nicely. We were not staying in the best hotels or nothing like that. You wasn't worried about where you was staying. I wasn't. Were you exactly. in the league by then? This was this was yeah, early two thousand.
0: Yeah, that was my first year in the league.
1: Summer nine, no, summer ninety nine, summer ninety nine. So I was so a rising senior. Yeah, I was a D
0: DePaul. Yeah, he was already in college, and we played, you ja, Yeah, and it was me, D Wade. You know what?
1: Well, you know it's crazy. This is why you just D Wade doesn't remember that either. I brought it up with him and
0: he's like no I don't, don't remember that. that that's
1: crazy like, that's probably such, you, an, important, probably you such an important moment in my basketball life it's
0: a lot of guys come up to us and be like man we played against y'all and like, we beat y'all or y'all beat us but I don't really remember them because I was paying attention to the guys that was in my class and the guys that was up once I got I always paid attention to the guys that was up like you like Q Nill Q was up in front right, of right, me right. so I'm looking at them like yeah I need to go through the same process as they going through yeah, I need he played to make up McDonald's with and when he was young that's how I played up with them I was a sophomore and they were seniors we so summer ends
1: we go to Staten Island for the five-star mm-hmm, classic for the five-star classic and I don't think we ended up playing you guys but um I'm watching the game I stuck around after our game because Darius is playing against Eddie Griffin. Rest oh, yeah. in, rest in peace, to Eddie. But, mm-hmm. but, yeah, those two guys were two of the top two or three players. He was number one. Yeah. <laughs> Darius had I, – I, I'm <laughs> estimating the stats here, but I remember it being a, a quadruple double. He had 41 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, 11 blocks. Yeah, It was the most insane performance I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, they triple-teamed my ass championship
0: game after that. <laughs> we beat them to go to the championship. They triple-teamed me. But
2: I remember that because that was like – him and Eddie Griffin with the back yes. and forth and all yeah. of that. And
0: I remember when he
2: gave it to him, I remember Butler hitting me and he was like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 he, mm-hmm. D-Miles was, was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that I guy. told him when he came, you know, he came on a visit to DePaul when he was in high school When he got, by the time he got there, enough time had passed to where I knew what was going on because I was leaving, I was like, like, bro, you out of here. But by this time, he was already doing like, quadruple doubles in high school like a quintuplet one game like some like just crazy stuff bro and so by the time he came there it was like bro we just we just going to hang out and have a good time but
0: like you not going to Yeah he to messed school. up my visit I wanted to be in the moment he wouldn't let me be in the moment it's no the need visit. Either. he like man why you even why are you even why are you even, why you even doing this why are you like, I know where right? you going this time we know yeah. where you are going it was
2: cool. It gave me some pub or whatever. They got
0: Darius Miles on campus. That's for official visit. That's a good look. So, you know, it was cool, but- You act like I was nobody on the visit. You wasn't nobody. That was my worst visit of all my visits. All five of my visits, my, visit, my worst you had visit. him as a host. Cause he didn't care. He didn't let me experience it and let them like, geek me up. He was just like, yeah, to bro, well, but, <laughs> no. I'm gonna shoot straight. You Stop talking here. about me, man. Let's talk back to you. <laughs> So in high school, like it was like junior year that you you felt like you was like won the league. Like when was the?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I well, think... well after us, well after well, after, you, after, after you bust then, the eyes, yeah, <laughs> you know. But then like so, sophomore year, I got Mr. Basketball, Gatorade Player of the Year in Virginia. A sophomore, yeah, three and years in a row. We had a good team. We we didn't win state till my senior year. I missed that. Um, part. I didn't know you got missed the basketball. I, three I also years had in I row. also had like a really good summer that year. Yeah. So. Coming out of my sophomore year, Duke starts recruiting me, and I knew I wanted to make a decision early. Yeah. So I, prior to my junior season, I told it. I told the teams, it was like NC State, UVA, Duke, and Florida. I told the four teams, I was like, I'm going to come visit unofficial, come on a Saturday, go to a football game, whatever it is. So we like my parents and I mapped it out, and my fourth visit was going to be Florida, and it was going to be for their Midnight Madness. My parents couldn't make the trip because my little brother and sister had to do something. So my older sisters... Who were in college at the time were going to take me, Mm -hmm. and David Lee was going to meet me there. He was going that weekend. He'd already committed to Florida. Yeah. So I do NC State, I do UVA, I do Duke, and I'm. It's like two days before I'm going on this visit to Florida, and I'm sitting up at night and I'm like, why? Why am I going down to Florida? Like I know where I want to go.
0: You went to that midnight madness. But had I gone to Florida
2: (laughs) (laughs) for that weekend, you never
0: might have been. you, you never in wait, might you, have been a floor, I might
2: have been a gator. You were, you go back, go back to you, your mom said something you and what was it, eighth or ninth grade? Like you gonna do it? Like you wanted? To, was it? Was it when Duke? Was like, all what was school? it about Duke? Was that your dream school? Or was it their dream? Yeah,
1: school? Yeah, no, it was, it was my. I mean, it was my dream school. I, dude, I. When Leitner hit the shot to beat kentucky yeah. i was watching the game and i turned to my parents i was like i'm gonna play dukes today it's kind of like what we were talking about yeah. earlier before we started recording when my eight-year-old told me the other day he wants to be as good as damian Lillard, right. like yeah. you know you get a thought in your head and it just becomes uh, a goal it becomes yeah. an obsession and so you know, I would I would watch every Duke game. I had posters of different players on my wall. I wore Duke shorts. You know, Duke uh, oh, you shorts Duke underneath my high were, uh, school Duke, my yeah. high school you know yeah. uniform. Are oh, you like, doing your MJ with yeah. the Duke shorts? This was back in the day when we all wore shorts. Two of shorts. Yeah, yeah. We all wore shorts underneath our shorts. Mm-hmm. Pre like compression tights or whatever. Exactly. So yeah, it was always about Duke, and so it was this really hard thing because I didn't know when I took my visit to Duke. You know, i do the whole thing with battier and with dunley watching college you know college football game and then coach takes me into the office and it's just me and him and he's mapping out he's like we're gonna try to get these six guys and he's like you're our number one guy at shooting guard we're ready for you to commit we also like bracy wright he's like but we're not gonna take bracy before we take you we'll wait you out and so after that, you know, it took three days for that sort of reality to set in. Because Coach K to me was like, he, at the time, he was like a, was like a demigod, right? Yeah. You know, he was like.
0: You already
1: know. He's, He's glowing. He's glowing in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so after the initial shock, I'm just, you know, I, I, call, I told my parents, I called my high school coach that week, and I was just like, right, this, is, this is what I want to do, this is I want to go to Duke. Yeah. Um, so I called all the other schools or whatever. And look, I, I tell people this all the time. I'm 16 years old. I just turned 16 a couple months prior. And it seems like a small thing, right? Where you pick your college or where you go play basketball. And like I've made some good decisions in my life. I've made some really poor decisions in my life. Yeah. But that decision at 16 years old, the repercussions and the implication of that for the rest of my life, I'm still benefiting 16, 17 years after I graduated up. from choosing that school. Yeah. My life, there's ancillary benefits to that decision, not just in basketball, but in friendships and relationships. Life. Yeah.
2: Tell me this. You say you committed after your sophomore year? Yeah. So like I, I think it was like October, early October, my junior year. So okay. you you went on to get another and another. You know what I'm saying? Another and another, Mr. Basketball, and you still hadn't signed the National Letter of Intent. Was it at any point that you feel like you got to a point like now you big-time All-American? Did did any team still try and come sniffing at any type of suede you or anything? No, I do remember Nike
1: camp after my junior year, going into my senior year. We were in Indianapolis, and Shavlik Rand Randolph and I were rooming together. Shav. And Shav hadn't committed anywhere guy. yet. NC State was after him, UNC, Duke was after him, or whatever. And so he we're in, we're in the room. Truth coming and, out. And Matt Doherty called Shav UNC, and I picked up. I didn't know it was Matt. He's like the hotel room. we did not have cell phones, right. so like the hotel room. I go, hey, what's up? He's like, Hey, it's Matt Doherty from UNC. Is Shav there? I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, Who's this? I was like, This is JJ. And he's like, Oh. He's like, man, I really fucked up not recruiting you.
0: I didn't realize you were
1: that good. And I was like, yeah, all right. So I think I th- I would never change my decision. The decision I had to make, and I never really seriously consider it, but there were a bunch of prep schools that wanted me to come play. Mm-hmm. O'Kill, Go do another Flint, year. Montrose or whatever. Mm-hmm. That wanted me to play my senior year there. Yeah. So I would have left all my friends, all right, you know, right, just right. for my senior year. Yeah. I was not going to do a post-grad year, but I just – I would have left my high school and I never considered it. I know a lot of guys did it. I felt like because of the competition I was getting in the summer with Boo Williams because I had done two USA developmental camps in mm-hmm. Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. like I had played against all the best players yeah. in my class, the class above me, the class, the class above that, mm-hmm. you know, your class and so I didn't feel like it benefited me. And also we had not won state yet. And so we were a public school and it was important that we Straight sort up. of had a chance to win a state championship. And we ended, up, we ended up winning state my senior year, which was the first time in school history. Yeah, I respect um,
2: that. Yeah, yeah. so I it,
1: that. it worked out, it worked out. Way too much jumping around going on. You and have you- to have some sense of loyalty in life. You also have to have some sense of
2: feeling grounded. Yeah, and want know, and to, I, I and want to do I it. I think that was important for me. Like, we did this. We built yeah. this. We not I'm just not somebody coming through a cycle of they always do this and they always get players from here and there. Like, I didn't want to be a part of that either.
0: You know what some something, something looked real powerful to me when I seen all y'all like like when when Coach K was retiring and like all the alumni was there that was crazy. Like just to really just see the ones that was there just in the whole. Like the history of, you know, a lot of cats don't like Duke, you know, me particularly. I don't really care for Duke like that, but I always respect the Duke. And just to see that and see their history and just see the great players that came through there, like that was dope. How was that to just be? Oh, it was, you know, the, the night sucked. You know, the night sucked
1: because Carolina won. Yeah. And then they, they beat us in the Final Four as well. So that's going to hang over our heads for the next 50 years. I mean, I, and I lost on my senior night to Carolina, so like I'm, I've got, and Carolina won in 05. We didn't win a championship, <laughs> so you know whatever. It's, it's I've I've gotten over it. But I, I will say this, you know, despite us losing that night in Cameron yeah. for his last game, to be a part of that again, it, it just, it just made you so appreciative. We we had that sort of line, it the, was tunnel, cra- the yeah, player was, it tunnel, was crazy. Yeah, as Coach came out, he dapped us all that up. That was amazing. And then we all got together, man. took a picture. Everybody at center court and Wojo and I were walking up to our seats. Wojo. Yeah. And, and he taps God. me on the shoulder and he looks around. And he's like, man, how cool is it that we got to be a part of, it, part of this, get to be a part of mm-hmm. this? It's a special thing, man. And I will say this you know, the brotherhood is, is used as a recruiting tool, yeah. right? You know, they use it on the, their social channels, mm-hmm. they use it yeah. on IG or whatever. And like, it, they should. The reality is, it is a brotherhood,
0: yeah, and, and I've
1: got I've got friendships with guys that played in the '80s, '90s, Man. 2000s, 2010s. Like it doesn't matter when you play We had this, we oh, all had this amazing shared experience of playing for Coach K. Yeah. yeah, he's the binding factor in all this. And some of my, like Mike Dunleavy, is one of my closest friends. Yeah, I didn't play with Mike.
0: Yeah, it it looked powerful, yeah. like like that that whole scenery. It just looked powerful. It just, it just looked crazy, and it's crazy to say it about Duke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I know it's hard for you. Yeah, it's hard for me. For Duke, but Duke, like, it just really looks so powerful like that. I
2: don't. Even, I mean, did you guys? Did you guys see the uh, question? I'm
1: gonna I wanna ask y'all because like. Do you guys see the Redeem Team doc yes. on Netflix? Yes. Oh, it's, it's this moment when LeBron's talking about you know, they just sort of talked about how they were going to hire Coach K. Yes. And LeBron says, you know, growing up, growing up in the inner city, mm-hmm. you grow up, you hate Duke, you hate you Coach, Duke. you hate yeah. Leitner,
2: you hate JJ yeah. Redick.
1: Was that is that was that a real thing? Yes. I, I would
2: say I I <laughs> yes I would say I <laughs> dislike okay? Christian Leitner because I can remember like <laughs> no literally like my mom before she passed she was a Kentucky fan I can remember her being upset about that but outside of that. I didn't really give a damn about Duke. Like I I got I I got lightly recruited by them, but they I think they saw early that I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't in my year, they they got Corey. They got Corey and I you know That's right. So it was like for me, it was like I I didn't really have a dis we played Duke back to back years, my freshman and senior year, my sophomore year. We didn't beat them. We got cheated our sophomore year. Sophomore year, who was it? Fucking Nick Horvath banked the three from the top of the fucking key to that beat us.
1: That was in Cameron.
2: In 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 Cameron yeah. Indoor. Now, I will say this. I will say this. It's a lot of shit to get said about, oh, going to play. A that shit was dope. That shit was dope. Playing in Cameron. No bullshit. We got there, and as soon as we got in the locker room, it was like they was standing on top of the on top of the thing doing the stumping shit. I'm sitting there. I'm like... I'm, just to, uh, I'm like, oh, they right above us, huh? Like this kind of is. So then we get out there, it's like, they gonna be relentless at you. At this point, I had just got, I was on the cover of the ESPN Magazine with the Hellraiser with the nails in my face. They had that uh, shit everywhere. They humble was humble like, brag. oh, oh. All we need is the hammer, because we're going to nail your ass, Richardson. <laughs> I was sitting there, I was like ignoring them and shit. They was like, they got tired of it. It was like, hey, Richardson, no one can live and do it forever. We're going to get to I was like, I just started laughing, bro, it was like these dudes. Over
0: the top. No, I think Duke, for me, is a respect more than anything, because Duke teams always are good. Duke teams always are the teams that you want to beat. Duke teams always is held at a higher standard. So it's not really just a, you know, you want to beat the best type thing. No, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Duke is, my hatred for Duke is. I always want to beat the best because to me, Duke is always one of the best teams. That's fair. So guys that come from Duke or you want to be them, but you... Jay will was there when I played, my, yeah, and and like, I played my go my, my freshman.
2: Year, my thing against Duke, I didn't beat hey, the media. I, I didn't beat the media.
0: I used to hit the flow like Wojo. Like when I'm playing defense, I used to hit the hit the flow, and I got that from Wojo. You I know ain't what, do what that I'm saying? Shit.
2: Huh? No, I ain't
0: like that shit. I did. I, that's one thing I did. Like, cause Wojo is my guy. That's my favorite. I ain't like that. Everybody Duke else like after
2: that. that started trying to do that shit. Like, that's leave why. that for him. Like. This is interesting to me. He didn't I'm go gonna, to college. That's why I'm he could talk like this. do a little bit of a sort He of didn't su- go to college. No,
1: hold on a second. But I'm- I'm, I'm, I'm a- going to do a little bit of a psychoanalysis here. Okay. Okay? He says that he hates Duke. I do. He really loves him. And I'm, I'm, I'm listening to all him. All his admiration. And all he has to say is nice things. You said you don't really care about Duke- and you clearly have some animosity towards Duke. No, Thank I you. told
2: you, my animosity is I played him twice. Clearly. I lost no, I'm, to him twice. I'm, 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 be, I'm just speaking real. But it's anybody out there fact. listening and looking, go look at it. I, hey, hey, Q Rich showed up. Go look at the plays. I was giving business. And I reminded Elton Daly when we played for the Clippers, did I not?
0: Yes, I Okay, did,
2: man. okay. I don't care but about I, Duke. We love Ain't Duke. know and, and we there. hate him
0: at the same time, you know. But that mm-hmm. was like I just wanted to say that was just a dope moment that I, I really enjoyed seeing. Nah, like, that was that was sick. Well, you, that was well, like first of Coach K y'all. from Chicago, yeah. so
2: I got the ultimate respect. You know, I'm a Chicago guy before anything. Yeah. Coach K is the godfather from the crib. You know what I'm saying? Eat some pizza, drink some wine with the boss. So yeah. I respected that. And then that was like the that was like the, the dinner. He had all the under bosses there to see him off. Yeah. You feel me?
0: Like, to see his, his coaching staffs over the years, the people that he brings back, the, the the ones that you might think, like, oh, yeah, he might be a coach when he come back. He'd be like, nah, he got so-and-so on the bench, and he's coaching. Like, to see the just history and just all that, I just felt like that was a dope, dope moment. It was. To see. It was awesome to be part
1: of. With with 96, 96 former players there.
0: That's crazy. How was it, like, your first year at Duke, Coach K having confidence in the way you play and how you play? I feel like my
1: first two years at Duke sort of run together yeah. a little bit because there was a lot going on. When you grow up a Duke fan for 10 years, 8 years old to 18 years old, and you have this idea in your head of how cool it must be to play for <laughs> yeah, Duke. And don't Duke. get me wrong. It was cool. Do you know but how there was hard a lot was? of shit that went with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first of all, fall of my freshman year, like doing 6 a.m. runs, uh getting challenged every day by players that at the time were better than me in these individual works then we started practice and it's like it was a lot and i i kind of had to like make a decision you know about how how basically about like how good did i want to be how committed mm-hmm. i wanted to be and so those 2 years were about figuring that out there were times i wanted to quit and then mm-hmm. on top of that you know i had uh, the hatred, I would call it hatred, the hatred from other student uh, fan bases.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, people calling my cell phone, uh, calling me the Antichrist <laughs> everywhere I went, like mm-hmm. people talking about having sex with my little sister, who was 12 at the time. Uh, it just became a lot. And I'm 18, 19 years old, and I don't have the, the ego structure, right, the yeah. confidence, the security in who I am to sort of deal with that. And so a lot of those two years were just me like finding these little pockets to rebel. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was out in the streets. I was living like I was a, a frat kid. I probably looked like a frat kid too. And it, it was like it was it was detrimental to everyone around me. And mm-hmm. so after my sophomore year, that's when coach and Wojo and Collins kind of kind of brought me in. They it wasn't an ultimatum, but they really challenged me and I remember coach Collins said you know, you can keep doing what you're doing. I made third team all-American in my sophomore year. It was the worst fucking year of my life, you know. And I, I he said, You can keep doing what you're doing. You're going to score 2,000 points at Duke. And, you know, it's like the sad thing is, we'll never know how good you can be. And so they put me on an hourly to the hour, every hour, every day that summer. I followed it. I still have the sheet in my notebook where I keep my personal items of my schedule. And that summer between my sophomore and junior basically set the stage for the rest of my life. You were around me as a teammate, you mm-hmm. knew how regimented i was how routine oriented i was how everything i did had a purpose and a structure and that's ultimately what made me have a 15-year nba career and and it was that summer and and truthfully i say this all the time but like they should have kicked me off the fucking team (laughs) they should have kicked me off the team there was no i i was i was an asshole and so you know going through that Help me grow up, and then, you know, you got to grow up again when you get to the league, right? Yeah. You know, there's, I'm sure we all face it. You get yeah. punched in the mouth a little bit, and you're like, all right, I, I got to figure this situation Steady out. Steady
2: yeah. steps. you got to take up. Tell me how humbling and difficult at the same time it could be. Like you say, you had two different things going on. You already been thinking a certain things since you were eight years old, and then you get here, and it's clearly not exactly... It's never going to be what somebody was thinking like that. Gonna be not easy. only that, <laughs> but like you said, now you got to deal with the fact that you're a three-time Mr. Basketball, you're a state champion, you got all these accolades, but you get here and, like, you struggling against people yeah. and individuals and those types of things. Like, now it's not just some haters or something. Like, you legit get there and struggle. Like, how do you deal with those type of challenges and tackle that? Well, I
1: didn't really feel a sense of entitlement because of my high school career that I was going to automatically get playing time or automatically – star at duke Mm -hmm. i didn't think that at all i mean like i remember the mcdonald's game and i'm with carmelo and amari and d'angelo collins and all these guys they're talking about going to the nba yeah and i'm thinking to myself like in two months am i going to be good enough am i going to be good enough (laughs) to play at duke i I, I never it was never about like the nba or like me being a star i was just like am i gonna be good enough so some of it was like figuring out that yeah dude you are good enough um and 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 so I I think it's like it's that growth mindset and that's mm-hmm. uh, you know any good player any high achiever like you have that you're not thinking about what you've done you're thinking about the next thing mm-hmm. and I just kind of had to like I kind of had to figure it out and then some of it was just commitment like you know I was I was not heavy my freshman year but I was pudgy and then I got heavy heavy my sophomore year and I was I was basically fat and so <laughs> a lot of it I was fat to rich <laughs> like 195 right now I was 225 all right at yeah. my worst mm-hmm. all right so I had to I had to just be totally committed. You know, I'm not I'm not a great athlete. That's, you guys know that. I'm no. not I had to be totally committed to my body. And so that was big because when I got to the NBA and I got punched in the mouth a little bit, I had the mechanism to go exactly. back to. I'm like, all right, yeah. well, here I need to get stronger. At Duke, yeah. I need to be able to run everywhere. Here I gotta be stronger and be able to run everywhere. So I worked on my on my body that way. So that was just part of the growth process for me. But you you had success your sophomore
0: year. You yeah. had, like...
1: It was the leading score on the Final Four yeah, team, on well, the number one saying. team in the country. So,
0: like, to go in that and you saying you weren't at your best, to come in, how did you feel, like, your junior year when you came back and you didn't put that work in? And it's like... Well, the other thing that happened after my sophomore year was
1: Coach had a series of meetings with me in April. Mm-hmm. And... They were every Saturday morning for the month, I would go in at like 8 AM and we would talk. And some of it was about behavior. Some of it was about basketball. Some of it was about like, I, I, I set goals the wrong way and I didn't put in the work to reach those goals, all this different stuff. And at one of those meetings, he said to me, uh, we didn't win a national championship. So yeah, I had a good season, like whatever. Mm. But he said to me, we didn't win a national championship because you weren't worthy of being a champion. Mm. That's one of the hey. worst things and best things that's ever been said to me. I mean, yeah. that cut me deep, really? and for the rest of my career, that was sort of my goal. It was like I can't let a coach ever tell me that I'm not worthy to win, that I'm mm-hmm. not worthy of being a champion. Yeah, like I didn't win a national championship, I didn't win an NBA championship, but I I know what I put into it. Yeah, exactly. I, like I was worthy. Mm-hmm. I was worthy. It just it didn't happen for me. So, junior year, again, I go on, I go on with no expectations. I'm like. I just know that I'm in the best shape on the team. I know I'm I'm slim now. I can feel myself. I worked that whole summer off my my off the bounce game, and I, you know I, I start well and, and I end up getting ACC Player of the Year. I got the Rupp National Player of the Year. I'm first team All American. I'm second in the Wooden, and it's like all right. I think I might be able to actually play in the NBA. That was the that was the first time in my life where I'm like I actually think because like my junior year all those guys. Mm -hmm. sean may rashad Mm McCants, raymond felton andrew bogan they're all they're all leaving right Mm -hmm. so i'm like man i i feel like i'm at least as good as as those guys like i I feel like i could i could potentially play in the nba and so there was like three days i was out in the wood for the wooden award in la and and sean and sean may and i were close and like he's having lunches with agents Hmm. And my dad's out there with me. And I'm like, should I be doing this?
0: Be doing this? <laughs> I mean,
1: look at this mock draft real quick. You know? <laughs> look at this mock draft. But I never, again, it goes back to what happened in high school. Like I, did, I, I felt because of how they had treated me my sophomore year, I felt such a so- strong sense of loyalty and I hadn't won. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was a no-brainer. I'm going to go back to Duke. I wanted, I wanted Johnny Dawkins scoring record. That was yeah. important to me. I'm not going
0: to lie. I wanted yeah. my jersey retired. So, so that was course. important to me, and I wanted to win a national championship. So of I'm course. like, I'm going back to Duke. Of course, no question, straight up. And how was that season for you? Your, 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 the your senior, senior year. The senior like, year. Like there were stretches when you when you made the decision, like, yeah, I'm coming back. So now you in the mindset, of like, yeah. I'm I'm coming back. I'm here, and I want to go through. How was that season for you? There were stretches of that season where I I blacked out, and mm-hmm. I was just like,
1: I had 40 on 13 shots. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas game. In the meadowlands their number two were number one i had dropped 41 like there were just mm-hmm. I, I had a stretch where like i had one game with 24 points and the other seven games in those eight games i had over 35 like yeah. it was just i i'd I never i never thought i could play that well looking in like the ocean out right. there. yeah it just it, the flow was there it was just yeah. great um you know i i do think as that season progressed that Freshman class that year was the number one freshman class in in the country, mm-hmm. and then we had older players like me and Sheldon and Lee mm-hmm. and Sean Dockery. Yeah. And I think as that season progressed, Chicago I think we all Chicago. Yeah, yeah, Chicago, Chicago maybe. I think we all felt like more pressure. Mm-hmm. Like I feel the pressure was rising. You know, the games became more important. And then for me personally, like that looming, unsettled goal of winning a national championship was still like hanging out there, and people like I. <laughs> People knock me all the time because they're like, "You sucked in the NCAA <laughs> tournament, right?" Because mm-hmm. look at your shooting stats in the last game. And I'm just like, "Look, if I didn't shoot well, we weren't going to win." Yeah. So like, you of shoot. course, of course, right. the games we lost in the tournament, I had bad shooting notes. Right.
0: Like yeah. that's the reality. Yeah. I had that's to shoot game well for plan. us to win yeah. when you, on every when, team. You're not on, hitting somebody else. Got to step up. Yeah, but yeah, it's just the reality, and, just and the I wish I could have yeah. been better. But
1: shit, man, fucking that LSU defense
2: with Baby and
0: Tyrese Thomas, Thomas and Thomas, Garrett Temple. All the athleticism. Oh.
2: Tell me this, though. Like, throughout, like, you said you had all, like, you were one of the documentaries, one of the most hated college athletes, right? I don't, mm-hmm. you know, as a teammate, I couldn't understand it, but whatever, looking back, it hey, is thanks, what it is. Nah, I, 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 I told you, I rock with you. I mean, you know, when we were there, oh, I yeah. rock with you. But, like, what, tell me what was, like, some of the craziest stuff that you had to endure that you were like, What like just like I mean obviously we expect as when you the man on the team you expect a certain level of you know vitriol from the rest of the teams and stuff and you get that but like what was some where you like I heard you talk about your little sister like I think the the family stuff certainly crossed the line you know
1: there were a lot of references at Maryland my sophomore year to my sister there was a sign talking about. Uh, sodomizing her, which was super bizarre. Was that, at Maryland? that I was in I Maryland? I think yeah. yeah, I saw special mm. and about then, um, Maryland. We and went y'all. to Florida State one year, and there was this crazy fucking dude who just like followed me around during warm ups. He's like five feet from us, and there's like security guards, and he's literally talking about the crudest sex acts with my mother and my sisters. Like, I'm just like, how the fuck <laughs> are you still in them, the arena? The... like that. But I, the, the, the real, uh, oh shit, wake up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was funny now. but at the worst time It wasn't too? funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it was like, my my freshman year I, i'm going back to virginia for the first time okay and oh they were pissed. You know, it was you I, I, i'd lived in they charlottesville for, for like four years and you know i got friends coming to the game and at the time i had somehow my freshman sophomore year i just had the worst shoulder and back acne like i don't know what i don't know what caused it i had to go on uh what is it called accutane <laughs> which was a horrible experience holy shit i lost like 25 pounds it was or like, i lost like 12 pounds in like a month my first yeah. month i could I had no appetite so, anyways, I, I got this shoulder acne, and I come out. Uh, I come out for warm ups, and there's like multiple UVA students in the student section. They had these like makeshift Duke number four jerseys, and they had drawn these huge red dots all over their shoulders. Wow! <laughs> and dude, I'm pretty like I'm playing on national TV like 25 times a year, and I'm watching highlights, and I'm like, I'm fully aware of this <laughs> fucking <laughs> shoulder action. I have no idea what's causing it. I'm sorry. Is it the soap? Is it is it the body
0: wash cue? Is it the detergent they're using the towels with? What is going on? Was that like a conversation though with the team and the coach though? Like like when sometimes when it was going overboard. You know, I don't know if I know with the Maryland thing. Yeah. So we
1: when we played Maryland my sophomore year. That became a big a little background to this. So I can't remember his name, but the the Ravens owner Mm -hmm. would sit courtside or he'd sit behind the Maryland bench whenever we played in Cameron. He'd come to every Maryland Duke Mm -hmm. game. So he's sitting courtside and he's talking shit to me. So I got off to a good start. I start yapping back and by the end of the game, I've got like 24 points. And every time I fucking scored in the second half, I'm saying something to him. I'm saying something to the student section. I was being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Ah. So we get to the end of the game. Background. Yeah, we get to the I'm being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the end of the game and I've got two free throws essentially to seal the game. And the whole arena starts chanting, fuck you, JJ. It's audible on television. Mm-hmm. It's ESPN nationally televised Wednesday night game. Fuck you, JJ. Fuck you, JJ. Whatever. So Gary Williams has to make a statement afterwards to the press about it. The attorney general of Maryland starts this investigation mm. into fan behavior at games, and I don't know if they ever changed anything. Keep in mind, they threw a battery at Carlos Boozer's mom mm. when, when C. Boozer was there. Yeah. So, like, there was stuff like But in terms of coach, like, coach would talk to me about it in front of our team a little bit, but he, yeah, he, he just kind of, like, helped guide me through it. But yeah. it, he also knew, like... By the end of it, if I saw somebody talking shit to my teammate and I felt like that teammate couldn't handle it, I'd go over there and just start yapping. You've seen guy. it before. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So. All right. As you guys know, we've been giving away digital collectibles on each episode. The secret word for this episode is perfect form, all lowercase, no spaces. How was it to win back to back national players of the player of the year three times? Not back to back. No two. No, it was back to back. Three uh, time Mr. Basketball. Three time. Mr. Basketball. But I'm basketball. talking about this is college national player of the year, big boy status. Yeah. This is basically deeming you the best college basketball
0: player two years consecutive. Anything with Woo name on, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just, I'm just being you know, real. Like, I played, and I know when you won national player of the year. I won player of the year in my conference as a freshman, and I was looking at everybody Kenyon Martin and everybody else like, I'm the best. So when you were in the national joint, like, what, like, back to back, too? Like, it wasn't no fluke, homie. Like, I came right back around the block. I spun the block for you. ACC, you know what I'm saying? too. I think, like, keep real. I want to hear the real swag, no, so, though. I want to hear the real. So you my know?
1: sophomore year, Again, I we I led our team in scoring, but I was even better in conference play. My conference mm-hmm. numbers, I thought I should have been first team all conference, and we won the conference. I used to like, love that in college, boy. You get yeah. the different the, yeah. the overall. So you I get was the I was I was talkie. second team, but I was like the sixth vote getter, mm-hmm. right? So I like almost made first team, and I was like pissed about it. But mm. when I won ACC Player of the Year, we had just beat Georgia Tech in the conference championship, and I won MVP of the ACC tournament. And so we're getting on the plane, flying back to Durham from DC and our, our um, uh, SID comes up and he's like, he's like, hey, we, you know, we just got the vote. Uh, you won ACC player of the year. And like, I got, not gonna lie, I got emotional because mm-hmm. I had had such down sophomore year for me mm-hmm. like, you know, I, dude, I was taking antidepressants at one point. Like I, I was down. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, like that's Crazy incredible. Bounce back. Crazy bounce back. So then so they we're in the tournament and they're like, yeah, you need to, we lose. And they're like, yeah, you got to go to the final four because you won the Rupp. And you're in the top five of Wooden, you're top five for Naismith. Yeah. So that was, all of that was very surreal to me. You guys got to keep in mind, man. I took Italian my junior year. The start of my junior year, I'm taking Italian because I'm like, man be cool to go play overseas. You know? mm-hmm. I think that's where my life is headed. Mm-hmm. Go play in Italy. So you yeah. try to prepare yourself yeah. on some
2: Mike Danton, And then all of a sudden D'Antoni. you're like,
1: like six, seven months later, you're like, you're ACC player of the year, national player of the year. It was surreal. I, I mean, I always had, I always had very high expectations of myself mm-hmm. in terms of like performance. I never had any expectations of like awards especially after my sophomore year. Because mm-hmm. that was the year I walked into coach's office first week. Here's my goals. He looks at me and he says, what the fuck did you do this summer to prepare for those goals? You didn't do shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? And so that was what we had talked about after my sophomore year. It was like, all right, it's great to set goals. Like, it's great to have those things. So I, I let go of all that stuff mm-hmm. after my sophomore year at Duke. I'd let go of all that. You know, it was just like, what can I, what can I control?
0: Yeah. You know? I'm and, play it. Yeah. And, I'm and play it. whatever
1: happens with that, great. You know, yeah. great. You told me when I got to Duke that'd be a lottery pick. <sighs> Come on, man. You told me when I got to the NBA I'd have a fifteen year career. I had zero expectations. Yeah.
2: How was it for you when when that when that senior year came to a close and you you had accomplished what you accomplished? You felt like like you're how did you feel year. like, okay, like not just back to back, but like all of the goals you had set, like as far as like you want to get your jersey retired, you want to graduate, career, this you this and that. Like how did you feel like at the end of your senior year, like when it was time for you to like walk away from the school and do all of that? It still it still bothers me to this day that I didn't win a national championship, championship. there. And I, it's
1: I, I, I've, I've been able to sort of it took three or four years. I was able to compartmentalize the individual part of Duke and say, oh, wow like incredible you got to live out a dream for 4 years and you fucking murdered yeah. like that's awesome you held it down but then there's the other side of it and what that would have meant to me what it would have meant to coach the people i played with the fans the students like i still i still to this day like i i i regretted that but when that season ended you guys know this man like you're thinking about the league at yeah, this point you like on, you and high. you got like 2 or 3 months until the draft and mm-hmm. so you know you, you all of a sudden like you know, it's different now with nil but all of a sudden like you can go to a t-mobile party right mm-hmm. you know you can walk the red carpet of something yeah. and i'm living in la uh sta- i was staying with arn Tellum and i'm living in la the whole thing i'm a small town kid man it was like oh this is awesome this is awesome um and then i got a dui you know 10 days before the draft i get a herniated disc 10 days before the draft and i remember sitting in jail Sitting in jail at like five five a.m. in the morning, waiting for my sister to come bail me out, and thinking like all this shit that I worked out for, all this shit I worked for, like it's out the window. I'm gonna go fucking going to Italy. Yeah, (laughs) it was over. (laughs) It was over. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I I thought it was over with, man.
2: Before I get to the draft, Lee, I just want to ask, like now in hindsight, looking back on your college career and like. Duke done had a lot of dudes, bro. A lot of big time dudes mm-hmm. to stand out, a lot of number one picks, this, that, and the third. You, when it comes to Duke, like you are one of the faces. There's Christian Lehner, there's Rogue, there's different guys, but like yes, you are like, if there was the a, face. if there was like a Mount Rushmore, you would probably be on the Mount Rushmore close right there. Just to be in that top seven, eight, ten, whatever. Yeah. Just ten. Cause like you said it was 96 to whatever. Like to be one of the most identifiable Duke guys. When people think of Duke, they think of this guy. You're one of those guys that's always gonna come up. Like, at such a prestigious institution, that's had so many dope players, great players. Like, how does that feel to be, like, you a legit one of the faces? Like, when I think of Duke basketball, it's Christian Laidner, I think of Coach K. I mean, Coach K is first, Period. But then, like, players from when I've been around, I think of Christian Layton. I think of Woes making a big impact. I think of Grant Hill. I think of you. I think of Elton Brand. I think of... Zion and Kyrie, maybe, but they were only there for yeah. eight months. You the one and, the like, one and done guys. Yeah, right. the, you get the, you think about Tatum's and those guys a little bit, but like that's because they're more recent and they're they're big time in the NBA. But I'm talking about like literally who did you know put an imprint on college basketball. Like, how does that feel to be in that type of position with that with that university? that's like one of the top four or five universities. Period. When it comes to basketball, uh, I do. I would just say it's not. It's, it's rare,
1: it's not common that you can think about doing something. Uh, yeah, that's the other crazy thing. Think about doing something for a decade, uh, working for that, and then getting to it, getting to experience it, and it's even better. You know, Not to say it wasn't hard, right. mm-hmm. but it's even better. And so that's how I look at it. It's like 13-year-old me would have loved. Love to have been all ACC player, mm-hmm. national player of the year, right? Twice, mm-hmm. right? Back it, to back. No, it's it's beyond surreal. It's just like never, never would
2: have thought it was possible. So if you could go back and tell your thirteen year old self, like, yo, this is the coolest thing that's gonna happen to you when you're throughout your Duke career. What was the coolest thing for you that you feel like this was like I could have never? Oh, that's done. easy. My friendship with Coach K.
1: Mm. That's easy. I mean, I'm still friends with him. Like priceless. You you tell you told I, again. I go back. He's like a demigod. He's like first yeah. time I met him. I'm like yeah,
0: he the one. What won. is right.
1: first game he's at. I'm like oh
0: yeah, my god, he
1: the yeah, one. <laughs> first time he comes to visit my high school. I'm like oh my god, he's at my high school. yeah. And then like you meet him and he's like oh he's a great man. Yeah, he's a great coach. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes a great friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the coolest shit ever. As man. you
0: grow and get older Yeah.
2: I want, cool, sure. I want to, like, one of the biggest things that I always enjoy, and I was, wasn't was a part of it. it, it almost made me wish that I had attended one of these schools so I could be, the UNC-Duke rivalry. Mm-hmm. Tell me in your words, like, because you did it for four years, you did it the whole time, like, just tell me, like, I like, the world watches, you know, that's one of the games yeah. that, the, that, you know, not just people yeah. who are ACC, like, the world. The world know that this is about to be crazy, I don't care... Who's ranked what? Who has what players and what's going on this year? I don't care who's the home (laughs) team, who's the... You just said it. They beat you in 0-5. They won that game against. Like, tell me to you. Like, what does that mean for when you were there and like now when you're experienced? Like, how is it? Because it's like it's it's a cult thing, and I I talk crap to my to D Wave. I went to DePaul, he went to Marquette. We play, I'd be like, yeah, 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 that's nothing. Well, it's no, literally there's nothing. there's only like
1: 80 people in the world that care about DePaul and Marquette, you know? <laughs>
2: First of all, we're not gonna have that disrespect on the Knuckleheads podcast. There's fucking more than 80 people, but we're gonna let that slide <laughs> right now because Duke and UNC is clearly a bigger deal, but we're not just, hey, Marquette, DePaul, we ain't gonna do that. We know better than that, but we we gonna respect the bigger situation. Go ahead. No, I, I could've, you know, it's, it would've been easier if you said a basketball thing.
1: Would have been easier because I didn't win a national championship. Winning was awesome. Winning ACCs, that, that was great. You know, making Final Fours, that was great. But like, truthfully, being a part of that rival, getting to participate in that rivalry, playing that rivalry, dude. I, we we had. I played nine times against UNC. I think seven of those games came down to the last possession, basically.
2: What's your record? Is it is six it- and three? Yeah. respect. Yeah, respect. But they got the chip in '05. See, that's like so. when I talk, when I when we talk to sheet and Stack. There, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, they hey, calling
0: the records. They, they the, wreck. we ain't
2: lose to them. They talking bad in the mic, getting loud. All that. I understand. That's why I had. I gotta ask whenever we get one of you y'all, know, uh, Duke UNC. I gotta hear it. The thing is, like. What was I, it like your first game? I wanted. What was your first game? Because like it's like was it everything that you heard? Yeah. Was it everything like? Because what what was the week like? The first leading game up was in North Carolina. Like, or what Duke? was it like? It
0: was, like, a Duke. It was a Duke. Just yeah. leading
2: up to that first time you ever played UNC. Like what was that like? Because I know it's got to be like oh you're if, hearing it, yeah, you hearing yeah I mean
1: telling you this different. is now
2: you got like all
1: of Shushetskyville is covered in tents right. And you see that sort of gradually in front increase from like Christmas break on, and all of a sudden you it's like saw all standing. You like wait, this is going yeah, to there's crazy a line. You game. you walk up, you know, back then, dude, like you're walking across campus, right? Getting off the bus from East Campus to West Campus, you know, freshman the the freshman campus to the rest of the campus. You're getting off the bus then you walk across West Campus, and you're like, oh, this is different. There's a buzz. You get to the Cameron Indoor lines, twenty times longer than any right. other game. And you get you come out for warm-ups, people are just amped. And I remember, did y'all have uh, AOL, like AOL Messenger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have like an AIM account? Mm-hmm. JJ Shooter 3. So I – I, I uh,
2: <laughs> Shout out to AIM. JJ Shooter 3 was my man. I remember, I remember, I remember hey. you just be
1: able to put like an away message up. So like if you weren't there, you could yeah, leave the yeah, you message away. Somebody checked in your account. And I remember putting up something about like, camp, I, can't, I can't believe I'm getting to play in this game tonight. Something oh. I dreamed about my whole life, you know, going against UNC. And like it was. It was good. I I, I can remember every one of those games. Cdu our boy Cdu had a sick reverse layup to win it in overtime. You get it. my sophomore year, I missed a game winner at UNC. My junior year, uh, I remember that. I got the defensive I, I I sniffed out a play. They they used to run this play for Wait Rashid. a minute. You made a defensive play to, to win ma- the game. They used to run a play for Rashad McCants. It was their there was their clutch time play for him. He'd get a rip screen. Down to the left block, and then they just come and rescreen them. And they ran it against UConn that year. And I remember watching the game, thinking to myself, "All right, you know, let's see. Try to run that against us. I'm going to top lock them. And so I top locked them, and they didn't know what the fuck to do. And the, the, the literally the ball just dribbled dribbled out of bounds. And the clock ran out. Like they didn't even get a shot wow. off in the last play because that was their option. And I snipped it out.
0: So yeah, it was a defensive stop, man. When you heard your name, did you go to the job?
1: Yeah. When they heard, tried not to let me come. Yeah because of the DUI. Yeah. There, there's some consternation from the NBA about letting Arn you come made in. made it game. happen. Arn made it That's, happen. This is yeah.
2: what happens when you have great. <laughs> Shout out Arn. To listen, I, Arn, listen, made it happen. Arn, we was all part of the same thing since SFX back yeah. in the day. I know Arn know what the hell going on, and he going to make it do what it do. Baby.
0: So, so how was the experience for you and your family at the draft? And just hearing your name called and. You had David Stern shake that hand. That's what we all, all you're saw you since had we David were little. <laughs> like, you're but I'm saying, what was that moment? Started.
2: Like, we all watched a million drafts before that. I don't care who you was if you was in, you was watching. Like, yeah. boy, I was, I, that I could was it for your
0: family to see your mom and your dad think, just happy. I think
2: and.
1: overall, it was a sense of relief, a sense of relief because of what had happened prior to the draft, yeah. and a sense of relief not just because I had fucked up and and gotten arrested. And had a back injury. You know, it wasn't just because of that. It was that I think anytime anybody goes through that process, end of the season, to the draft, like we all hate uncertainty. That's just human yeah. beings. We hate uncertainty. And so to actually know like, oh, I'm going to this team. I'm at this position. This is my salary, mm-hmm. right? Rookie scale. This is my salary. Okay, great. Like I know. I know. I know. So there's like a relief. Get paid good. And I, the, my, but yeah. the, the the shitty part, like, I, for me, unfortunately, because of my actions, like, that night kind of got overshadowed because, number one, prior to me getting drafted, they were, you know, interviewing different players, and so they had interviewed me during the pregame show, and that's all they wanted to ask about was the back injury and the DUI. And then also because of uh, the Duke stuff and and people hating me, like, I got booed when I got right, drafted. Right,
2: at, at the draft.
1: Drafts in New York. Orlando what Magic doesn't like? really have a rabid fan base, but I'm getting booed when I get drafted. Yeah. You know? How
2: was that to be? You know, at the it was at the Garden at the NA this Auditorium. Yeah, like, yeah. how was that to be? This is like your biggest, just your dream night and your biggest night, and the fans are booing you. How was that? Didn't deter me. I still had a big night. Straight up. <laughs> hey, listen, eleven. <laughs> I, still had, I mean, eleven pick, and like you said, under night. the circumstances, what you yeah. had looming, like that. Was it. It's weird now, man,
1: because the. That sort of stuff just became so natural to me, just getting booed, getting jeered. Mm-hmm. Even when I was at Duke, you be on campus and, you know, you go to the, the mess hall and, hey, uh, can I have a cream cheese bagel, please? And, so, you know, the woman giving you your bagel and she's talking shit to you about how UNC is going to beat you on Thursday. Like, it's just like, it just <laughs> became so natural for me. That was yeah. happening in college? Yeah, it's just natural. So, like, the... the Booing and jeering at the draft, like, it didn't bother me, bro. Yeah. All I was thinking of was, like, let me get this media stuff done. Let me go see my family. Um, Arn had set up a, a nice dinner for everybody. All the yeah. We had a bunch of first-round picks yep, that year, yeah. so we had this nice dinner afterwards. I'm just like,
0: let me just go celebrate with the people that the I care lady. about. I don't fucking I don't yeah. care about that shit, man. So you get to Orlando. Your first year, that was the first year Dwight was an all-star. To see him dominate the way he was dominating... Mm-hmm. And you know you coming in to help out because y'all team is a shooting yeah. a inside out with with Dwight. How was that to be on a team and that type of team, being the NBA? I mean, again, every level of basketball you rise,
1: mm-hmm. there's certain people that physically and athletically stand out. Mm-hmm. Dwight was one of those guys, yeah. and he was still pretty raw. I think my first year was his third year, mm-hmm. so he wasn't quite the all NBA MVP candidate Dwight but he was awesome. Yeah. And I actually I think that he is probably the most underappreciated true superstar. True superstar cuz to be a superstar to me like it's not just about getting a signature shoe or being an all-star. It's like yeah. can you be the best player on a champ a real championship contender? And yeah. we were that. Yeah. We were that in Orlando. Um and so I, I you know I think he should have been a top seventy on the top seventy five. Easy, list. I, yeah. said this, I, yeah, I said I, this. Last said this last year when the, list on the came show, out, but like, He this should have been
2: blasphemous, bro. Like he should have won four straight back to back defensive players. You, yeah, they didn't do it because they they were mad at what he his actions. And to not have him in that top seventy five, stop it. Stop it's unfortunate.
1: It. It. It's unfortunate, and I'm sure I, I I'm sure Knock Dwight would probably admit this. He like no, oh, yeah, he said you yeah, look. I think. Because of how things happened post-Orlando, post-Lakers, post-Houston, then he goes through this weird period of time. It's like we all had this, like, collective amnesia of how dominant he was for a seven-year stretch.
2: And you know how we felt personally. Me and him were there when he left. We felt the way when he left. We band together, and we played against the Pacers, and we were upset about how the whole situation went down. But you won't ever hear us disrespect that man and his game and how fucking dominant he was. I had never in my life played with a big man that's dominating him. When, remember when I came to the team, I had to change the way I played defense because I was used to when somebody beat me, I'm about to fuck him up. Yeah. He had come eclipse, solely eclipse the whole paint. No, don't. I, he'd be yelling, no, I was going to. He'd be coming. I'm like, damn. So I had to stop and just let him come do what he do. He cleaning everything up. <laughs> he shut the whole. Bro, he used to shut the. And I'm telling you, name a point guard. Chris Paul, point guard. CP would come off that thing and he'd get a poke on him. Remember, I mean, he used to poke that shit out and make him still go start over. Or still is. I'm like, yo, this boy Big Fella is crazy C- out
1: here. CP did bang on him though. Yeah, um, yeah. he did. Dwight was the first, <laughs> he did. Dwight was the first player I played with. And it was probably after Dwight when I like this sort of started to click. But there's there's certain guys, the the the, the real best players, the real most dominant players, who you could be sitting there midway through the third quarter. And be like, man, Dwight's Dwight's having an off night. Blake's J- Blake's having an off night. You know, Joel's having an off night. And you look up at the scoreboard, and you're like, huh? Oh, he's got 20, twenty-two and thirteen. How? Hmm. Not looking that well. Yeah. This yeah. is who
2: they are. I mean, they're
0: just that good. Just playing the game. They're just that good. Yeah.
2: This is what I want to ask because people like me to stay up late at night, be chilling, sometimes watching NBA TV. This was back in the day. When and where and how did Better Basketball come? Because, listen, when I say, listen, he knows this. Yeah. I come to gym When he came, when I got on the mat, I say, Better Basketball? That's my nickname for him. To this yeah. day, I call we're him d- Better we're, Basketball. We're dating ourselves a little bit. Yeah. We're I, dating ourselves. I don't care about Those that. Those commercials was, haven't run. It wasn't much more of a more perfect. You and Ray Allen is all I could think about for Better Basketball shooting. I can't think of nobody else. I don't care who, Kyle Corbett. Like, they shot, they, they jump shots don't look perfect, textbook. Like, even though, yeah. like, Ray jump higher than you, he still had perfect. Y'all two had the most perfect jump shots that i bear witness to, so... How did the better basketball deal come along
1: i don't know if y'all remember there were there were other better basketball it was a series yeah, of was sort like, of yeah. instructional yeah. videos was, uh, and was, uh, so you what, went what for the jump shot yeah so they do these dvds That's again what? we're dating ourselves here guy like, it, it, everybody y'all it's is, is youtube you can probably find a dvd on amazon or ebay if you want <laughs> yeah, yeah but retro. so retro <laughs> they they would do these instructional videos and these motherfuckers would be like 6 hours long Ooh, and then at the end of them grueling. they'd pay they'd pay uh, Jermaine O'Neal to do post footwork yeah. they pay j kid to do passing Exactly. So they had, you know, they had shooting one lined up, Time and out. they paid me. He just so. said
2: he get to come in. They got Jo All Star. They got J K All Star, and they come with J Red. You feel me, my as boy? A Better a basketball as a rook. That's a yeah. hey, that's bars yeah. in the as door. A, nice. Better basketball. <laughs> How was that? How did they approach you? Like, what did you think when you did? I
1: mean, it? my agent brought me the deal, and then, like, honestly. I don't even know how long my DVD is, but <laughs> like I went for a production I went for a production day. I don't I can't I can't listen to my own voice. I'll never watch this, guys. I'll never watch this. I can't listen to my own voice. <laughs> this is the i have a podcast worry, the and I can't listen to my own voice. You, you sound um, like me. <laughs> yeah. But so I went to some random high school gym in Orlando and we had like a four hour production day, and I don't remember missing a shot. Mm -hmm. when we're recording this stuff. When we broke down every single aspect of shooting off the dribble, going right, going left footwork, left right footwork, right left footwork, hop, you know, all this stuff. And like, I just, it was like one of those days you just didn't miss. And
2: I don't, literally don't think
1: I missed that day. I
2: just want to speak to this before like we get toward the end, but like, like you said, I I was his teammate. I witnessed his regimen and how crazy he went to work like, I've never seen somebody like, when he had the back stuff, Right, I seen, I was teaming teammate with Steve Nash, he went crazy with the bands, with the court bands, and doing all, I remember I used to tell you that like, J-Ray used to take a, he'd get his own car, go early to shoot around, get in the cold tub, do all this stuff, like, tell me, tell everybody what your whole regimen was. Cause when I say like, I had never seen somebody like, that was when I, I had been through a whole career at this point, and I was still like, damn, like, I was impressed. I had seen people be pros and people do this, but like I had never really seen somebody go outside of the team and leave early and do this and do that. Like I was never witness. If anybody was doing it, I never knew about it, but yeah. like I would witness j Red. I'd be like, yo, we get on the bus. You know, I was one of the first people on the bus all the time, playing bus with, I was one of the first people. I used to see people get there. I'm like, what well, fuck Jay rare <laughs> They like, he already went. Like, I'm like, what? Like he didn't went. No matter where we at, cold tub, hot tub, whatever you be doing, yeah. like pre-game, pre-shoot around, everything, like, I want the people to know that what you saw was from a result of so much work. Because like he said, he wasn't the most athletic. And these are things that, like, before I was his teammate, when I was looking at Jay, I'm like, let me play J.J. Redick. I, all this stuff, but then when you, when you play with guys and you get to see what they do and how they are, I had a whole different respect for how you went about your business, for how he not only went about his business, but he improved things. And I got to see that when we played together for three years, like I respect the grind. And like, you know what I'm saying? For somebody who just was a, like, you was a shooter, like nah, my boy got to the money. Like he started being able to come out with the dribble, do little shit. All right, it ain't gonna be, you know, the 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 mixtape shit, but it was in his own way and he was able to do shit. I respect I got a couple that. of mixtape highlights, Q. No, no, I you do, allies. you do, but I'm saying, like, I, I sauce. respected and a little sauce. I respected the fact that, like, I could see the progression.
1: Yeah, I use this analogy with my kids all the time. It's something I firmly believe in. It's, it, it's a stupid analogy, but it's, it's just something to think about. And the analogy is basically, if you want to have a full bucket of water, that's a goal in life. I want a full bucket. But all you can do is add one drop at a time. Then just add as many drops as you can. So every time you get in a cold tub, every time you lift weights, every time you have an hour shooting workout, every time I do my pregame shooting workout, every time I do my post shoot around shooting, my pregame it's just it's all buckets. You know, I I went, you weren't even around me in the off season. My off seasons were harder than the season, right. bro. That's the fact. And that's a big reason I retired, because I couldn't do a fucking other offseason. Straight up. Like my off seasons were six days a week two or three workouts a day, Saturdays off, Sundays make 342 shots exactly every Sunday in the offseason for the last 13 years. Why 342? Start. It's very simple, man. There's seven spots on the floor, 20 spot twos, 20 spot threes, three dribbles going right, three dribbles going left, plus That's plus 20 free throws, that's 342. This is that shit yeah. that happened
2: to him when he but this, was at I was
1: Duke. like this, dude. This I was is what like this. I started cold tubbing, and I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, all right, they want me to cold tub for 12 minutes. So I'd cold tub for 12 minutes. And then I get the point where I'm like, you know, if I start my timer a little too early, I'm not getting that full 12 minutes. I don't want to cheat myself. So I started cold tubbing for 12 minutes and 25 seconds just to give myself in wiggle room, right? You know, then I'd, everything, my, my routine, like, On a normal day of game, I knew exactly what I was gonna eat for breakfast. I knew exactly when I was gonna get to the gym. knew exactly how many minutes I was gonna spend in the hot tub before I got on the training table. Then I got my work in the weight room for activation. Then I got my pre-shoot around shooting, then my post-shoot around shooting, then my cold tub. knew exactly what I'm gonna work or eat for lunch, then I knew exactly when I was going to nap. I had my naps timed out, bro. By the end of my I career, like I if I said I need, to, I need to fall asleep at one o five to wake up at 3.30, I could do it like that. Your body just up. He's down. making yeah. me feel like I could
2: have been better, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't have none uh, of this the whole shit day, time. I the whole day I, I, was I know I had down. a routine. Yeah. This yeah. is different.
1: I mean, dude, I didn't, I didn't
2: re, especially
1: once my kids were born, I didn't take vacations, man. I would build in three- or four-day breaks in the offseason. season. Just to give myself some clarity and like, not take that pressure off. But like my off seasons, bro, they started the next Monday. We yeah. was on Saturday. I'm in the gym Monday. Like that. I I I loved the process. I loved everything that went into it.
2: The part where you remember JJ was here. One of my lowest moments. He was there when I remember when I got cut from the. When the this was one of the funniest things ever because I knew they was it like a week or something before. Remember we were on the plane and I was telling you, I tell you, it was me, you and Jameer. Me, him and Jameer, and that sometime. I'm like, man, they about to cut me. He like, they like, what? Like, you, you, you I was guaranteed, like. So I'm like, yeah. So that time I got cut right at the training camp, right? First time ever, just what he's saying. Like I'm sitting home, like, cool, I'm a clear waivers, I'm gonna get picked up immediately, right? No problem, no, see, whatever. Clear waivers, crickets. Two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, crickets. I'm sitting there like, yo. This ain't how it's supposed to be. So I'm sitting there one day, I'm frustrated. My wife asked me, What's going on there? Why you acting? I'm like, Yo, chill. Like, I'm in unfamiliar territory right now. I don't really know how to be. Like, it's just like, listen, since as far as I can remember, I've been a warrior. I've been a a, a, a dolphin, a crusader. I've been a blue demon. I've what been a clipper. I've been, I've been something. I'm like, Right nah, now, I ain't shit. She was like, <laughs> and it was like, fine, like, really, like, literally. She was pregnant with my daughter then. She was like, hey, babe, like, you know, maybe it's time for you be, you know, you just Team Richardson. I was like, I didn't really want to accept that, but it got to the point to where it was like, okay. I mean, I guess, yeah, it's, you know, that's cool. <laughs> but, like, then, you know, the whole season went by. I got picked up by the Knicks at the end of the year. But when I got picked up for that playoff run, I really took that like, this This could be it. You better get, have a goddamn good time around here and enjoy this. So, it was like literally played that playoffs. That was it. And then it was like I kind of went through the hard shit then, cause it was like I was going through it, cause I was looking around. I came in the mad, mad ball, like, man, he weak, he weak. Like, what the fuck, I? Ain't? Like, <laughs> I went through all of that
1: you shit. Were, you were the guy saying he's with us, and then you became the guy that they said he's with us about. Yeah, no, I, we we all went through that. There yeah, you had. We all went through it some way. I got lucky. I I went through my hard shit my last year, my last year in the league, yep. and I was you know, post bubble year where you couldn't leave your, until you were vaccinated, you couldn't leave your right. hotel room, you couldn't leave your apartment. So I'm living in this, excuse my language, I'm living in this shitty apartment in New Orleans and I love New Orleans, I love being outside, I love going to restaurants, all that stuff. Can't leave, my family's in Brooklyn. And those were like the darkest eight months of my life. I saw them three times in eight months. I'm mm. dealing with an Achilles injury, I suck. <laughs> and I'm like trying to figure out like, is this it? But when we, I got traded Dallas, when we lost to the Clippers in game seven, I flew back. I did my exit interview the next day. I flew back to New York and I was ready to be a dad because I had already gone, like, I had that eight months alone to grieve. Yeah,
0: it is a, is you grieving fear, the death sorry, of, of your yourself. of your the world had athletic eight mortality to, to think of rethink their life. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. had to sit in the house and rethink your yeah. life and, and yeah. rethink everybody around you, rethink yeah. everything. So. By the way, b- wives say the most profound things sometimes. Simple, they don't profound. even know it. They don't
1: even know it. But, but I, I had a few coaching offers this summer it's and, the one, hard truth. and one of them i strongly <laughs> considered and i remember i was discussing with i'd, I'd called the, the the head guy called him a few times and uh she's like, i just don't understand why you want to take this job and i'm like well i just i miss being a part of the team and she's like me you nox and kai that's your team right now straight up and i was like okay
2: See? Got
0: on the phone. I was like, "Not taking the job." <laughs> See, <laughs> it's just the hard truth. That's yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. the hard truth. So we know how why you retired. You couldn't do that no more, right? How long did it take for you to say, "All right, I needed to go into media"? Like you, you got the old man in three. You, 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 everywhere at ESPN. You up there with Stephen A. Giving him high takes, giving him a run for his money, and like, by the way. D and I both respect what you are doing up there and how you handle your business. We Definitely appreciate. Do. Cause I feel like it is not, you know what I'm saying? Us as former players, we gotta we gotta stick together. I feel like you I feel like you do a great job of still always presenting as a player first but you're honest, you know what I'm saying? If a player fuck up or screw up, like you can be honest without just trying to murder and destroy and yeah. kill him like some people do. You can still say his mistake, but still see and, and keep him as a human and still, because you were that player that yeah. made those mistakes. So I, I love the fact that when you up there and you speaking on behalf, that you can see that shine through there. Like, no, he still was a player and I still can see he one of us, but at the same time, he got to be honest up here and do his job. So what made you, you know, take that yeah. turn? I'm gonna go over here and do
1: this and, and, and. I, I I never actually thought I was gonna work in the media. I didn't start a podcast so I could then work in the media. Right. It never really was a thing. You gotta understand something, man. Like, I didn't know I didn't know what first take was. Mm-hmm. I knew who Stephen A was. Right. Because he had the actual been at some games, what it is you know, not, when you go to it, you find I, out different. You know, they tell me it's a debate show. I'm like, oh shit. You know? So That's hard. I, I, I did it as a test run I, you know I signed a very short-term deal right when I retired and uh, I've just re upped for three years I'm, I'm happy to be back last year I look at it as like a test run though is like what do I like to do mm-hmm. what are the things that are important to me what do I want to do and like for me it's calling games and first take I like I like battling with Stephen A I mm-hmm. like doing that stuff on the stuff about being pro player some of that comes from my experience. I don't look at being pro-player as some sort of bias, mm-hmm. because no, I'm not saying I either. do think there are narratives, not just on first take, about LeBron, about Kevin, about Steph that I just think are stupid. I think they're bad narratives. That's, true. That's the and truth. And look, I had to I had to cross that threshold last right around All Star break when CJ McCollum is doing his interview with TNT, and they ask him about, well, what have you and Zion talked about? And he's like, well, Zion hasn't called me. You know, and this is, CJ's played five games for the Pelicans. I Mm -hmm. haven't talked to Zion. And so, like, I had to cross a threshold where I spoke truth about how I felt about the situation. But I didn't feel bad about it because of two things. Number one, uh, I'd said everything that I said on camera to Zion personally when I was his teammate. And number two, you know, some of that stuff was just about sanctity of team. And so I had to go and talk about the Kyrie and the Nets and the KD and some of that it's uncomfortable to talk about because I want to be pro player. I want to support all players. I'm a fan of basketball. But sometimes, like, you fuck up the sanctity of your team, all right, we need to have a
2: discussion on that. hundred percent. I tell people that all the time when it comes to situations, if this is a team, you have to remember this is a team. This ain't golf or whatever, right. tennis, singles, when you playing an individual sport. Like, my whole life, like I talked about earlier, I've been a warrior a clipper or this i've been a teammate and that whole time i have to think in turn obviously as a human we think of ourselves first but still secondarily we have to think about who else is going to affect whether it's family friends or teammates and i've always been one to think that way and i've been always a team first guy so i could i understood and i could relate to where you were coming from when you were saying the things you were saying when it relates to a team yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm not going to be
1: perfect. I don't I don't think th- this is the thing I've realized too in media is like, unless you're just a fucking idiot, there's no real right and wrong answer. You never believe everybody. I could go say something on first take, and I could have eighty percent of the people tell me, oh. You're so right. And twenty percent of the people tell me, Oh, you're so wrong.
2: Or ninety five isn't it? And the very, five, the, and the very be... next
1: day I could have twenty percent of the people say, Oh, you're so right. And eighty percent of the people sending me death threats. Like yeah. that's just how this shit works. I don't get too wrapped up in it, but um, again, I I look at it through my own personal lens, how I view a team, how I view an athlete, how I view the sport in general. And I just I speak on that. And I'm probably wrong sometimes.
0: I don't think I'm right all the time. I'm probably a liar. Yeah, no, I just feel like uh, when you be all about the players, you just know sometimes just you know how the players really been because you've been in them locker rooms and you've yeah. seen like buildups or you've seen something that that not happened. that it's like yeah, they ain't really as big as what everybody try to say. Well,
1: I, I think about this. You you watch certain teams play that struggle, and again, I've only been doing this for a season and a half. Call it and like you want an explanation of why this team is struggling. Mm. And -and so-and-so wants to make it about, uh, you know.
0: They don't like each other. They don't like each other.
2: (laughs) Sometimes I just want to be like, yeah, no, the motherfuckers don't have shooting, you know. I want to ask. I kind of know this a little bit, but I just want to know. When Jay Red got that bag where you felt comfortable, I don't want to hear about nothing for your family, your mama or this or nobody or your dad. What did you buy for you that you at now your age, you look back like that was stupid as shit. I want to know your, your most outlandish big purchase where you look back and it's like, I shouldn't have did that. But I did it and it felt good. It felt great at the at time. At the time,
0: <laughs>
2: man. I have a feeling it might have been a, a, a watch for him. I feel like I know he, at once a time, he was a big watch guy. But here's the
1: thing, q Rich. I was such a watch guy that I knew what were good buys and what were good buy, oh. bad buys. So I wasn't a guy that's going to go buy a watch and trick it out. Like, that just wasn't, I was going to go buy a Paul Newman Daytona mm. and
2: let it now appreciate see, and value. Time out, time and out. Now, it. see, when he said Paul Newman Daytona, <laughs> that makes me feel like it's got to be six figures. What was it? Six figures?
1: Uh, yeah, it was like well, I bought it for like one seventy five. Mm. Timeout.
2: Now let me just ask you this, because see, like this is part I don't understand about. I'm not a watch guy. I got an Apple Watch. I'm not a watch guy either. A couple two hundred dollars or whatever. I don't know nothing about nothing about nothing. What would make you say I'm gonna spend one seventy five on this watch? Why? Because you said appreciable, but like why? I don't understand. Oh anything.
1: well, so, uh I just. The Rolex Daytona is one of the most iconic watches ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the vintage ones um, are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can find a vintage one in really good condition, unpolished with an original dial.
2: That's, so you're yeah. telling me that you bought an old used one for 175
1: Yeah. God damn. Vintage watches where it's at. You know what's crazy, though? I signed that one-year deal in Philly, my first one-year deal with them. And I, so many people were like, oh, we're watching you buy We're watching you buy I'd already made the decision that I was gonna sell on my watches because you should never let your possessions possess you. So I actually sold my entire collections I bought my parents
2: a house.
0: How much how much I haven't it worn it all a watch since. how much was it all together? Your whole collection? A lot. Oh, okay. he ain't gonna I tell you, He said twenty one savage, a lot. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me ask you, I got one more question. Let me ask you this. You you've been on a lot of teams, you had a lot of teammates. If you was to pick four other teammates, to, to complete your top five. Oh, with me Starting with five. you. Oh, wow. Who you other teammates. With. Who would be the other four it's teammates tough. for you to go with? Yeah. Dude's not
2: included. This NBA. I, no, this is just NBA. Because I
1: feel like there's so many, dude,
2: there's so many I guys. Know. This is I why know. I said it's tough. So, so, we, so we, I, I gotta pick four guys. We're gonna to play do a bracket and it. put people's in eight fives against other people and have them vote.
0: CP. hmm at the point. You at the two. Point guard at the point. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler Jimmy at the three. Buckets. Ah, uh, wait, Joel? Joel? Prime Blake, and Prime Blake. You, you ain't gonna put the White in there. Uh, Where
2: did you play play with Jimmy, Philly? Jimmy. Damn, I'm tripping. Joel. I was like, wait,
1: Bulls. So no, no. Prime Dwight. Dwight's hard to take out. It's hard to take That's out. Trump. That's what I was saying.
0: Like you chose Joelle, oh Joel okay? and Dwight at, at power forward. stuff? I
1: think when Joelle is at his
2: best, he's. He's seven one. he can shoot better.
0: Well, he can, but
1: he's also at, like he can he's bigger. anchor a defense. He can anchor defense. I would no. like more shooting. Like I'd almost want to put Richard at the four. Mm. You know what I mean? So just to nah. spread it out so, a little oh, bit. So
0: let's let's get it right. Let's get it right. CP, C P Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Prime Blake.
2: Prime Blake. Prime Blake and not and B not anchor a defense like Dwight, but I will give him the overall.
0: Okay. All right. we got that down pat. All right. <laughs>
2: hey man, listen man, y'all been tuned in and knuckleheads. We sitting here with my main man, J Red, yeah, aka oh. Tom Cruise, aka Better Basketball, man. <laughs> hey, listen, it's passing down to young knots and it's about to be coming. So y'all stay tuned, man. We appreciate you coming through, J Red, of man. Right Pull it, awesome. it up on us. I want to thank y'all for your continued support of the Knuckleheads podcast. Be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also watch all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all.
0: theplayerstribute.com